0: Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, Louis and I go through an old fashioned segment based pod and we touch on a stack of different players that are lighting it up or letting us down. Plus, we answer your questions. It's the Pod Pod. Welcome to The Pod Pod, I'm Doss, here with Louis. G'day Louis, we're in uh, Dossie's den today.
1: Yeah, it's quite nice here Dossie, thanks for having me over mate to record
0: another episode of The Pod Pod. Absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, how'd you go in round 10 AFL fantasy? You, you're a bit lower on your previous weeks, I think. Yeah, a little bit of a slide this
1: week. Uh, probably mostly off the back of Adam Trelaw getting injured with that ankle injury. That hurt a little bit. Mm. So, he only scored the 37, which means I titled up to 2091 and just slid slightly down in the rankings to 755.
0: Oh, still repping the top 1,000 for the pod pod, Louis. I love that uh, effort from you. I'm not... Doing too great for too great for the brand here. I slid again this week. Down who who to, were the trade ins for me? Yeah, yeah. Um, a Yeah, well, the trade in. I got baked this week. Yeah, Louie. Uh, yep. not Willy Rioli style, but I did bring in Liam Baker <laughs> into the squad. Just thought I might get maybe that Tilly's buy or even two to three weeks of midfield juice was looking like that lead role. Well, he just looks a bit like lead when he plays midfield. Real attack dog in there. I've sort of flagged a bit of observable thirst in there as well. Loved it, loves the contest. Unfortunately, five free kicks against. Uh, doesn't help your case to get a big score, and that's exactly what Liam Baker did on the weekend with his 73. So That's brought- a massive
1: turnaround right uh, there. It that's is. That's
0: nearly sort of 20 to 30 points. Yeah, it's huge. I, so, I brought him in, and I'm trying to figure out who else I brought in, but I think it was just a bit of a rookie. Oh, I brought in uh, Waterman. Who- oh, yep. Alec, uh, uh, Alec Waterman, I think. Don't think the Senate sen- – were the Senate bounces. Nah, nah, there? No, they
1: weren't there. So, they sent him back to the VFL to trial it, and mm. – uh, I guess they just didn't need him in the AFL side, which I don- I'm not sure why they thought they would when they've got Parrish and Merritt and um and McGrath kicking about in there. So, it was a bit of a strange one, but yeah. still got you the 53. He was still up- good. He was
0: still up the ground. He probably did get a few set of ounces here and there. I, d- I didn't see completely, but he was up the ground. So, I'm not too disappointed with my trades, Louis, to be honest. I just couldn't, you know, my structure at the moment, I've been working towards coming good in the buys. But right now, it's it's been a struggle just to get these spuds, some of these spuds off me field. Which maybe we'll start with our uh, nailed it, failed it with the failed it segment. And I'm not go- I'm not giving it to Baker. He's still got a 73 with five free stands. Still fought hard all day, even with uh, the old uh, Reese Matheson up in his grill all day. <laughs> that was, that was a pretty funny matchup. That, but my failed it. I'm being a bit harsh because I had a lot of uh, guys in the 50s this week, including Tom Phillips, who's just so annoying. But I'm going Noah Anderson just because he's been a point of difference for me. And we've heard from the Statesman how point of differences, whilst it is the name of this show and we do love our pods, they can also just really hurt you if you get them wrong. And Noah Anderson for me, if I started with him, it's probably okay. But I didn't start with him. I brought him in for Dyson Heppel when Heppel had that back injury. From the sounds of things, I thought he was going to be out for weeks. Ends up missing one week, Hepper, when he's been back. Been at like probably a 90-ish averaging- Top six defender, Top six yeah. defender, and I've got in Noah Anderson who's- getting me 60s now and, and has a, a five or three round average around the 80s so definitely just my failed it and I'm just trying to figure out a way to get him out and as with the round 12 bites, it's probably it's probably hold one more week let him hopefully turn up against the Hawks and then see you later but what about you what was your failed it this week Louis?
1: Ah uh, look probably a little bit stiff I mentioned it off the top of the podcast but Adam tralor for me uh, 37 got injured so he can't help that but uh, it always sucks when you cop something like that. So he's going to get my negative, I reckon. My failed it.
0: Yeah. Well, it only He sounded like he didn't, it wasn't too big an injury. So you probably yeah. had a bit of hope there for two a bit. To, two to
1: three weeks, I was thinking, maybe even a week, because yeah. they, they reckon he'd come back on the field for 10 minutes, which he did. Yeah. So, um, and then Bevo goes, oh, he might miss one or two in the. In the press mm. release, and it comes out syndesmosis, six to eight weeks.
0: Yeah, bit of Lockie Neal vibes. About so we tra- won't have him
1: for the rest of the year now.
0: Mm, bit of Lockie Neal vibes about tr- trucking along for you, trying to get back out there. So you do, re- you do respect Trelaw for trying that. But yeah, that's a that's a long time out, and of course you're going to trade there. Unfortunate for you, Louis. Who would you nailed it this week? You've definitely got a few there. If you if you still cracked two k and but had Trelaw in your squad. Yeah,
1: so mine nailed it. Um, Probably a bloke who's unlucky not to get it is Isaac Heaney on debut. So he scored the 84. That was up from Bergman. But mine nailed it was probably a little bit left field in that I actually decided to take Devin Robertson's 72 on the bench and bench Jordan Degoe. (laughs) And that ended up being a 32-point move better for my side this week. So that was probably the one that I nailed. Uh, felt really bad
0: doing it, but it, nah, it, it did end up coming off. Yeah, that's that's a perfect move. Uh, I'm just going to give some love to uh, Marcus Bontempelli yet again. Uh, he's been one of the best midfielders in the comp from a fantasy perspective in the last month uh, and – just absolutely carving for me. I'm liking him. Another point of difference for me. I've got too many of them, you might say, uh, in my squad, but he's averaging 124 in his last three, just a massive game. Nearly kicked the five. I think he had four snags. So, uh, could have had the fifth in the last quarter, kicked four goals through and had a heap of it through the midfield. So, Bond, he's got it for a few times for me now and he's averaging 108 and a half on the season. So, just really been a Enjoyable pick to have, really. He's, he's not um, getting affected. He's great to watch. Yeah, he's, he's fun to watch. He's a great player to own. So enjoying him. And probably one to mention I didn't mention him because I unfortunately benched him and didn't even have the E on him or anything. Rhino Burns getting 107. Just the fact that we've got him in our teams, that's a nailed it. Wish I had him on my field. Did you pop him on the field?
1: No, no, I actually don't even have Ryan Burns. In oh, fact, rough. I was thinking on the weekend, um, I actually dished out on the podcast some advice last week that I wouldn't even look at Ryan Burns oh, now. And- I did think he was over 300k at the time. It turns out he was only 276. He's certainly over 300k now.
0: 337 now, yeah. Yeah,
1: I was wrong on that one. So, I put my hand up and um, Ryan Byrne owners are uh, going to be very, very happy. He got the minus eight break even going into round 11.
0: With North Melbourne on the cards as well. So <laughs> Pretty handy. Yeah, he's looking awesome. Um, Very good option there. So, anyway, Louis, that is our Nailed It, Failed It. And we touched on Trelaw the important news there, but I just want to ask you a question before we get into our segments. And- just, just that thought about how flexible can we be this week with our trades. Now, we know after this week, this is the last week before next week are the buyers in round 12. So, we've got one week, buy free, then it's round 12 or into the buyers. We've talked about structure for the last three weeks. We've had your thoughts. We've had statesman's thoughts on PodPod Pod Plus, and we've had checkers thoughts last week. So, the last few weeks, if you haven't heard our buy thoughts, go back and listen to those. How flexible, though, can you be now if you've got your buy structure all set, you've got your round 12, 13, 14 now, your system is just ensure you're counting your playing players on the field. You've got those 18 each week. If you're set to go, if you, for for some reason, you're like, oh, gee, I've got, say, an Oleg Markov around 12 buy and you want to get him out for around 13 buy, it just happens to be, say, a Lockie Hunter, you can do a bit of a shuffle there. How flexible can we be with our structure given we've still got that week before the buys happen?
1: Look, as long as you've planned out your buy structure and you do know and you are confident that you'll get 18 to 20 players on field each week, keeping in mind that probably two to three of those scores are going to be quite low. Some will drop off, but often you see the 17th to 18th scores quite low. So as long as you have actually organized your buy structure, you've got a nice split, then yeah, you can be a little bit flexible and chase some of these guys, but at the same time, um, you want to be coming out of the buy rounds with a much better team. So, you don't want to be wasting trades as well. That's the only thing I'll say about that. Not that that's a waste, Markov up to Hunter, that's a clear upgrade, but you just want to be careful about how flexible you
0: get and with what players you do it with. Yeah, that's, that's some good advice. Uh, we will be touching on a stack of players in this episode. We've got a bunch of segments coming up, so stick around. But if you enjoy our weekly podcast as well, just join up to be a member of pod pod plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with five time top 100 finisher, the Statesman that's, it, that's a heavy focus on answering questions. We had you on last week as well, Louis. Was that good fun on the PodPod Pod Plus? Temporarily,
1: yeah, that was good fun, Dossie. So I'm keen to hop on the PodPod Pod Plus a couple times
0: in the next uh, next couple of months, I think. We'll be very happy to have you on board. But yeah, you'll get exclusive access um, to the PodSquad Facebook group as well, where we throw around trade ideas, brainstorm with other PodPod pod Plus members, and there's a few bloody good coaches out there going. Good top. little
1: Facebook group <laughs> yeah. there. I'm, I'm not often on Facebook, but when I do it, it comes up to the top of my news feed, and there's some pretty shrewd coaches out there asking some pretty good questions. So yeah, I cool. like
0: it. It's been good for me. I've uh, definitely learned a thing or two off uh, off of our pod, pod Plus members. But anyway, the last thing you do get as well from joining up is a shout out on this podcast. So a well warm welcome to the latest Pod, pod Plus members. Welcome to the Pod Squad Michael Paul, Kane Baker, Dave Kingwell, Zach Reynolds, Sam Stone, Nathan Obermuller, Nick Wall, Daniel Santillo, Urban Garuda, Jacob Clark Kennedy, Harley Honig, Caleb Bird, Damian Gill, Matthew Sullivan, Justin Klink, Thomas Matthews, Jackson Trezies, Josh Scardina, Blake Ellison, and Sam Brown, a huge thanks to all our new members and welcome to the pod squad. Head to keeperleagepod.com.au, go to the premium resources tab and hit bonus episodes, or just click the link in your podcast description to sign up today. Segments, Louis, I think we start off with it's time to move on, which is one we haven't sort of talked about for a while, but do you want to just start us off with who is it time to move on at this stage?
1: Yeah, so it should come as no surprise now, this close to the buyers, that you do want to start addressing your red dots. Now, previously, we probably had Highmore, McCrae, Rantle, some coaches still had Sharp, but what we've got now is we've actually got Anthony Scott, Bergman, and-, and McRae, which I mentioned before, that are all a really good chance to be a red dot this week, and the reason that this is so critical is how many coaches are actually relying on Anthony Scott as bench yeah. cover each week, Bergman on field for most coaches each week. So these guys, if they're going to be red next week, then it's time you start looking to move them off. So uh, at their inflated uh, cash, uh, Bar McCray probably, uh, it's time to start moving those guys on. After that though, it's the bench rookies in the hierarchy and that includes Cozzy, Flynn, Berry, uh, Tom Highmore possibly if he's not going to play Do another you- game.
0: Just quickly on Flynn, I know you've been bullish on – getting rid of him just because you can't have that cash sitting on your bench. With him playing forward this week, predominantly with switching with Mummy, they played Mumford and Flynn. Flynn looked awesome playing forward. Is there a chance that, you know, down the line getting DPP and is it worth just holding on to him to get that extra cash bump? Or I mean, we probably don't have enough data to get DPP by the next one, so still you'd still be bullish on trading him out?
1: Yeah, I'd still be bullish. Uh, I'm not sure how much data there would be, but mm. if you're holding Flynn after round 12, I'm not even sure he's going to return. I mean, yes, he might play forward, like you said, but they've got Braden Proust, who's got to return around uh, 13, I think is the date. They're still going to play mummy because they're winning games when mummy's in the side. So no, I wouldn't be keeping Flynn just on the hope that he might pick up forward status.
0: Yeah, fair enough. He he was great on the weekend though, so people would be pretty happy with him at the moment. Uh, Brisbane Lions this week, and then maybe just that cash ends there. You'd think uh, Louis maybe maybe a couple more weeks. If do you think Bruce is even a chance to? Is Flynn maybe ahead of him now? Or Bruce still still ahead?
1: Oh well, the messaging in the preseason was that Bruce is in beast mode. So uh, yeah. oh, look, they brought him over for a reason. Bruce yeah. is it's often forgotten, but Pruce is a very good ruckman. Mm. He's going to come into that side They're they're not paying him to just sit in the twos Like they did Flynn for six or seven (laughs) years And Briggs for a few more years as well So um, no but those bench rookies Look you know the guys that are starting to fatten up They're about 350k Their break even's about 40 So they're unlikely to hit it as much And and it's just time to move them on And you probably prioritise that
0: via their buy rounds I would say yeah. And some probably some more even fattened up guys that you're looking at getting rid of now as well in the likes of uh, Tom Powell, maybe a Chad Warner if you if you don't need to hold him through the buys as well.
1: Yeah. So, these are the two that have probably fattened up the most uh, in terms of the rookies and they're on most coaches' fields. So, Tom Powell obviously has that round 12 buy. I would be suggesting he needs to be moved on. Uh, he had a 45 last week. He's clearly dropped off from what he was scoring previously this year. And, uh, he plays for a poor side, which sometimes you can read into that as well. So, uh, yeah, Tom Power, he's got to go. Chad Warner, the other one. I don't mind keeping him till round 14 if it suits your buy structure, because he does have a decent role. He's, I think he's good for a 60 to 70 most weeks, but he is a rookie. So if you can get him off your field, fantastic. Do that same probably applies to Jordan as well. But yeah, I like Jordan's recent form enough just to hold off on maybe trading him this week. So, um, if, if you have to trade him, then by all means, do it. It's a rookie. You, you hold no allegiances there to him. But um, Jordan's probably the one fattened rookie I would actually keep.
0: Okay, who else is it time to move on from, Louie?
1: Uh, so, next up, he didn't play on the weekend, but quite popularly owned by coaches that start him. It was a great pick, but it's time to move on, Orazio Fantasia now. He's a small forward in a relatively good team. Paul, it's probably not as good as what we thought, but... Um Small forwards usually average about 60 to 70. If they get on the end of a few, they might punch a 90, but uh, Fantasia, his break evens now priced out of that. So uh, time to move him on. You've made your cash, which is nice. Uh, sort of group these two together. They're from the same team, uh, Tom Phillips and CJ, Cheng, Juice Jath. Uh, it's time to move them on, mostly because of their round twelve buy. They've been extremely underwhelming. So yeah. I would like
0: CJ. We can forgive, but Tom yeah. Phillips, he was supposed to be the saviour for for our forward line. We brought him in to be, you know, some of us started. I, I reckon I might have been one that started with him as my F one, expecting him to actually hold up a okay average, and hope that he'd get you know to 90 back to what we thought he could do He he's done it a few times at Collingwood he's got the role it's just strange scenes yeah it's
1: probably a bit unfortunate that we had such a lack of players to pick from up in the forward lines because then a lot of well I think 50% of coaches pretty much went Tom Phillips and why wouldn't you off the back of a 140 in the preseason but what we saw was he went from Collingwood who were pretty much the number one kick mark team in the competition love to share it around love to play keepings off against other teams just to go to Hawthorne who I think ranked bottom four for that stat so um there's a little bit of a correlation there, and probably looking back 2020 vision hindsight, yeah. uh, you wouldn't have picked Tom Phillips. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks, and and but now you've got to look at if you can move him on, you've got a point of difference on probably 40% of the competition still. So I still wouldn't be moving these guys on before rookies, yeah. but. Um, just what certainly turn- would be on it's, the radar. It's the
0: thought of just what if he turns the corner, but it just isn't looking promising. Well, they, these matchups that he's had in the last couple are supposed to be the ones where he does. You know, he's averaged hundred in the past. I think this week he's got a matchup. He's got Gold Coast where so he it- averages a hundred against them. And if he goes for another sixty or fifty, you're like, well, I can't wait to get him out of my side when he's got his buy. That's for that's sure. it. And that's what's nice about the
1: buyers is we have three trades a week. Yeah. So uh, you might not be able to do it next week. Quite a few people have three four rookies on field at the moment. So maybe in two weeks' time, he can be part of a trade to get up on the end of something else. So, yeah, time to move on, CJ and Phillips. Uh, Isaac Cumming also probably should have mentioned him with those two as well. Uh, Whitfield's back in the side and I just think that the writing's on the wall there for Isaac Cumming. Probably a 70 average guy from now on, which is about what he's priced at. So, time to move him on if you can get up on something
0: good. So, is that just mostly kick-ins and I suppose just a few more mouths to feed as well? But I saw even Whitfield taking a few more kick-ins and- just, you know, getting back there and stealing his, stealing his ball a bit, isn't it?
1: Isaac well, Cummings started the season as an inflated rookie, basically. Yeah. I know he's he's had a few years in the system, but um, came in at about 350K. has gotten himself up to, you know, 550, 570 or whatever it is now. Mm. Pretty good. So, yeah, you, I reckon you can move him on for something better now. And uh, finally, just to wrap it up uh, to that... Uh, I'd be trading last out of this list, but certainly, and I think these coaches need to hear it, you are allowed to trade Caleb Strong and Riley O'Brien if you want to. If it's <laughs> ruining your fantasy season, then just go ahead and move them because uh, it's clearly ruining your enjoyment of the game. And, um, yeah, I just see a lot of tweets about those two and- um, yeah. I personally think that there's a lot of upside, especially with Riley O'Brien, based on what we've seen historically. So, I'd be really wanting to keep him, actually. I'm quite bullish on him. But but um, Caleb Sarong's probably that guy who just hasn't shown enough. And he was a failed pick, I think. So, he can be moved on as well. Obviously, these um, sort of 10 or so people that I've mentioned are all quite highly owned. So, I've tried to accommodate that.
0: Louis, there's one, probably two more players I want to touch on that you you briefly touched on in red dots. I don't think you mentioned one, but you did mention Finn McRae. And I reckon a lot of people have a similar question in coming into the buyers. We're obviously going to need our players to be green dots. Currently, they're red dots. Is there any chance we get a Tyler Brockman? He's incredibly highly owned and a Finn McRae, who's also owned by a lot of coaches. Is there any chance these guys are green dots? And secondly, is there any point holding them and holding out hope for that green dot if it's you know, if it's not going to be likely. Say say they're not playing this week, do we just get rid of him this week and save ourselves the headache?
1: Uh, I think Brockman's someone who's been rumoured to come back for a few weeks now. So, uh, he's someone that you either you take the punt and hope that he comes back or you just cut him. So, I, I cut him two weeks ago when those rumours started that he was going to return. I'm probably better off for it. But then you go, okay, well, it's two weeks sooner now and he might come back. So, it's a bit of a gamble, mate. Uh, It's tough to know with these types of things. On on McRae, I I don't think we'll see him again, at least for another five or so rounds. Yeah, wow, okay. Um, I I think Bianco, even though he hasn't played yet, is probably ahead of him. Just being one Mm. extra year in the system, maybe two, but- Uh, Yeah, it's interesting with the pies. I'm actually not sure how to read them with premiums and rookies. Uh, As soon as Bucks get some clarity over his job security as a coach, then I think we actually know what direction Collingwood are going to go in and it might just be, okay, Finlay McRae, Jay uh, Rantall, Trent Bianco, you're all getting a go and you're all going to play for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, so their job security uh, directly correlates to Buck's job security. Why wouldn't it? He's not putting out an uncompetitive team
1: of kids each week because he's going to lose his job. He needs clarification. So probably getting into the politics of AFL a bit there, (laughs) but
0: that's just how I'm reading the the Collingwood group at the moment. So just keep an eye on Buck's job security rather than uh, Finlay's, etc., because that'll come with his. Uh, Let's talk about players running hot Louis, and uh, the number one player in the comp. So we're looking at the last three average basically versus their season average and how well they're doing in comparison. And you've got Tom Green Tom from Green. GWS sitting at the top of the list.
1: Yeah, isn't that a strange one that Tom Green would be up the top of there after burning quite a few coaches to start with this season. So, uh, I think he kicked off the season with a 49 and pretty much didn't average over 60 until about round five. But in the last four rounds, he's gone 79, 102, 85 and 114. So, that's a last three average of 100.3. He's averaging 74.4, which puts him at plus 25.9 fantasy points based on his last three weeks. So... Uh, yeah, he's number one at the moment. Aaron Hall should be no surprise. That's number two, Doss. He's plus 23.2. Obviously, that's a little bit affected by, I think, two or three injury games early on in the season there. Yeah. Darcy Parrish, he got the mid-roll after round three versus Port Adelaide. He's up 22.9 points on his uh, on his seasonal and average. He's looking like a, a genuine premium. He's 810K, Darcy Parrish. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Sean Higgins, who's going to pick up forward status, so this might be a little cheeky relevant one. He's up 19.6 points, so that's off the back of Geelong, probably finding a little bit of form and and really implementing that kick mark system that we've seen in the past. Uh, last three it averaged 94.3. Been...
0: Yeah, well. uh, it's, it's up there with being a top six forward, if you can keep that up. Probably aided in this one with uh, Duncan's injury, though, and Guthrie's, you'd imagine.
1: Yeah, probably, yeah. And that could help him moving forward too. So, that's one to keep an eye on. Braden Maynard, popular pick last year. I reckon he averaged sort of high 80s, 90s. He's scoring 18.7 points above what he was scoring earlier this season. So, he's one to keep an eye on. Has the round 14 buy. Uh, historically, has been able to get it done in fantasy and uh, priced at 570K, there's still some value there. Uh, Mason Redman, he's oh, yeah. up 18.6 uh, points, and that's probably solely off the back of those kick-ins,
0: don't yeah, you he's think, he's taken a bunch of kick-ins. He, he looked awesome on the weekend. You know, it's against North. I'm not going to take a, a heap away from it, but he did just look really composed. He's really assured of, assured of himself at the moment, and he's kicking efficiency right now. He just nails targets, and that's why they're getting him to take the kick-ins now. He just he barely misses a target at he's- the moment. He's playing with real
1: confidence. Yeah. When I watch him, that's really what comes across I to me. I still
0: think just the ceiling, the potential ceilings where he's more of a draft play than a salary cap play. There's oh, guys out y- there that you can You would never bigger.
1: touch it. Yeah. Classic. Uh, you'd have to see a little bit more at least anyway. So, uh, moving on, we've got Sean Darcy, your boy Dossie. He's oh, up yeah. 17.7 points. And he has been probably the, the biggest surprise packet of the season for me this year. I remember saying to you, Doss, yeah, good luck. He's not even going to be a top 12 forward from what's a pretty poor bunch and I reckon you've proven me wrong there (laughs) he's looking pretty good I I think he can
0: average 95 this season as long as he stays on the park look at his matchup this week as well I think he's got another real juicy one this weekend so it's uh it's
1: hard to pay up for him now though Dossie obviously we know the injury history of Sean Darcy and uh, like I always say, you may as well jump on now because each week you wait, you're only increasing the chances of that player getting injured. But uh, now he's at 664k. The time to jump on was probably yeah, three or four Checkers, weeks ago Checkers when he mentioned was mentioned the schedule. Less.
0: To us last week, and listen to this: who he's still got on the schedule. So he had Sydney last week, which was Hickey, who's been one of the toughest ruck uh, opponents this year. Had the 99. Hickey did have a little bit of an injury in that one, so he wasn't playing the entire game. Against him, but he's got Port Adelaide this week against Laddams, the inexperienced playing as a sole ruck. Western Bulldogs probably against Sweet or a combination of Tim English and Sweet. Then Gold Coast Suns who barely have a ruck. That's a great run. Into it's a his good play. run,
1: isn't it? I should, I should reiterate. I don't think you can chase Sean Darcy if you've got two cent forget rucks. I know he might be a top six forward and all that but um, I I wouldn't want to punt on it I'm not sure why mate I'm a stubborn coach so maybe don't listen to me but (laughs) look if you've got that R2 that's not Brodie Grundy or Max Gorn then yeah take a punt because you know that you're going to be able to move Sean Darcy up into your ruck line you might be able to grab a forward on the other end elsewhere who's you know maybe a little bit more reliable or someone you like more or or just use DPP and get someone else.
0: That's I that's think- just where I land with Sean Darcy. I, I, it's probably just stubbornness, though. Well, I've got to say though, even though I've been his biggest fan, the Sean Darcy, and I was flagging him weeks ago, and I think that's what's hurting me as well. I'm, I keep thinking oh, if I wait another week, you know, maybe I maybe I wasn't correct on it, and he'll swing around the other way. It just keeps powering through these scores. And I think I'm sort of on the same page I've got the set and forget rucks, and it is just hard to get that extra one in there. But the, the, the other argument would be, what did we see Rowan Marshall do the other year as that forward yeah. playing in the ruck? Yeah, no, you're spot on. I mean, it's a blessing that we've got Sean Darcy, who is a pure ruck by nature as a forward status. And it was just by the, the nature of Fremantle's start to the season that they have him as a forward. Uh, eligible player yeah it it could go either way I'm I think I'm still on board the Darcy train mate always
1: I I can't do it myself but but I I do like Sean Darcy these days Uh, Nick Hind proved to be a really good selection he was the one to pick between uh, Coldwell and Stevenson all the way back after round one he's up 14.1 points on his average so he's getting even better and he started well as well Doss so Nick Hind I don't know if you watch a lot of Essendon games but he's really 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 good
0: to watch as well yeah it's been painful he I was so hot on him in the preseason. there's a lot of thirst uh, and he's the guy that I didn't go with as well it's just it just hurts me watching him and I think uh, I'm the stubborn with Hind. I'm just – I am just. I think the fact I missed out, I don't want to go there. Also, I just – I do think Essendon have had a really good run at the moment and I think that reflects his last three. We've seen Parrish and him and Redmond all in this top top uh, end here of averaging really well. I do think Essendon's in a hot streak, hot vein of form at the moment and I, I think maybe we'll see the other end of that. And if we jump on now – Uh, we might get burnt by those a few of those Essendon sort of guys that are looking more like premiums. I think maybe they're a couple of points above what they will actually average.
1: Yeah, maybe, but, gee, with a lowest score of 70 for the season, uh, it's it's not too bad there. Uh, Josh Kelly is running hot at the moment. That won't be a surprise to a lot of coaches. He's up 13.6 points. I don't think we really have to expand on Josh Kelly. That's been spoken about enough the last couple of weeks. Finally, James Jordan running hot. This is why I said, look, maybe you don't want to trade James Jordan this week. Maybe it's a little bit later, maybe even up until that round 14. Boy, he's up 11.6 points, so uh, he he's really had a second life and he's
0: created another sort of 120K for coaches that held on, Dossie. Yes, well, as a coach that let go, I was actually licking my lips this week because I saw his score. I think it was down in the 20s even, maybe in the third. I, I can't remember exactly. He must have had a hot finish though. So um, for coaches holding on, I'd like to check his quarter by quarters because as a a non-owner, I was very excited seeing his score. And and later in the game, he must have really put on a show for his own. He's he's a classic
1: burst scorer just because he he plays such low time on ground that when he is on field, he really needs to cash in on those tackles and kicks and marks. Otherwise, we see a 29, which is what happened back in uh, round three, I think it was, Dos after you traded him. Yeah, so he had 32 points in the final quarter. James Jordan. Massive. Wow. And <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was going to be an easy one versus Adelaide. I don't think anybody predicted that Melbourne
0: would even go down there. So Huge. Uh, let's talk about the other end of the spectrum, but I do want to touch on one more player that just wasn't in there and he's probably just missed out by his average versus his scoring. But... <laughs> Chris Maine.
1: <laughs> yes, he was actually on this list, Dos, And you refused I, to put him on there? I, no, it was on there and I looked over it and I thought, no, I can't talk about Chris Mayne. Let's talk on 107 the in his last
0: three. Uh, he one- does
1: this though, Chris Maine. He's a really good draft player for this reason because quite often he gets put on the scrap heap and you pick him up when he runs hot and he sort of averages that 105 for like a oh. month. He's actually a really good player. But in fantasy, you're never going to go there in classic.
0: Right. Well, he's this week's pod pod pod. I reckon he has to be one percent owned. He's the point of difference. Podcasts point of difference. Averaging eighty six, so he has it's, to be. it's pretty good for this season. He has really, to be. go there if you've got if you've got the balls to do it.
1: I can't believe he's owned by one percent of the competition.
0: Louis, I might have to go there this week. My team's that bad. I need I need to inject some crazy main in there. Uh, anyway, let's move on to guys going. Ice cold. And, Louis, we're not talking about ice cold in a good way, which can be sometimes used in in the basketball form of things. Ice cold, you're running hot. This is running cold here and no, no good. The last three guys that are averaging very poorly versus their seasonal average, and let's just talk about some guys... And while we talk about them, I want to hold or fold for each of these players as well. So, the first one that we're going to talk about is Tex. I think most of people would have folded already. He's 35.6 points under his average for the season. And that's a fold if you haven't already, Louis.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, Tex has to be on this list. Coaches that started him or uh, jumped on extremely early uh, would have been very happy. But if you've still got him... Um, then I think you're in a little bit of trouble because he's, he's dropped nearly um, 100K on his peak price just a couple of weeks ago. So, this is how we spoke about when you trade in techs, you need to have a plan for being stuck with techs. Yeah. This is it now. So, if you've still got techs, you're in that conundrum and it's time to get out of it. You've already lost 100K. I mean, you've gained it net overall, but yeah. uh, but it's time to cash in and actually use that money. Otherwise, absolute waste of a trade that one uh moving on we got brandon ellis i'm not sure how highly owned he is in classic circles certainly draft relevant he's down 34 points which might be off the back of firstly really good form for three weeks leading into that but i think he dished up a stinker
0: just a couple of weeks ago too dossie (laughs) yeah well he he has been um that, he had that 169, which I think maybe some coaches jumped on. Yeah, I think that on. might have been in the rolling average there. So, that might explain it. Maybe some coaches jumped on as well after that. And I do want to just check his ownership just to make sure. I think it's still only 2% owned. People didn't jump on that. He's averaging 103 for the season, but- yeah, like, if you jumped on, bad luck. Do you do you jump off with the 158 break even? Um, he's got the round 12 buy, so he's just going to lose your stack of money and then have a week off. Is he the perfect candidate when he's 736k to, to go down to make some cash? Banker... 150k and say go to maybe a Bailey Smith or even 100k and go to a Lockie Hunter. Is Lockie Hunter. Is that a yeah. Move?
1: So straight away I thought, okay, 736k. Let's go down to 632k mm. and pick up Lockie Hunter who and bank what 90k there. you can put that on the top of Jordan and you got Ridley. So you got Hunter and Ridley for, for two trades and you're going to be in a better off position. So, um, yeah, that's a move I'd be looking at. That yeah. was a move that was floated across Twitter with Zeeble. Yeah, weeks exactly. ago. Yep. yep. And which, I, which I quite like too. Yeah. I've done it in the past. I know you have, DOS. It does work.
0: You just got to pick the right one. He might, uh, have, he might have dropped too much already, Ellis, though. He's, he's a good enough fan. He's player. awkward.
1: Yeah, it's an awkward price um, at 730 There's not much you can. I'd
0: honestly lead hold if you've got him.
1: No, nah, uh, nah, not at all. Uh, yeah, not for okay. me.
0: <laughs> nah, trust Louis Dan, on that one.
1: Dan Houston, uh, <laughs> he's down 21.5 points. That's off the back of. Basically, some shoulder soreness. He's he's sort of been fighting through that the last couple of weeks. And I think he got subbed twice as well because of it. So, that explains why he's down there. I still think Dan Houston can be a top six defender when he does find form. uh, So, he's probably one you actually want to keep an eye on here when he plummets in price a bit Listen to
0: his uh, last few time on ground. So, obviously, round five, 25% time on ground injured. Comes back 82% time on ground against uh, St. Kilda, 127 fantasy points. Obviously, Saints a soft matchup. He's been carving before that. His scores were amazing until he got injured. Had the 127 and then against Brisbane, I think that was when he was injured again. Yep, yep. 62 in 71% time on ground. The next game, Adelaide round eight, injured again, 51% time on ground. Injured again against, or was he injured this week? No, it wasn't injured this week. But, he's but back, he is playing through a pain. Sixty-eight percent time on ground this week for his forty-five. Okay. So, yeah, he need, he needs to get some um, get a few weeks well, together. But we, by that time, he's probably going to be a juicy price for us. We spoke
1: about Houston getting the mid-minutes. Uh, he's probably not going to get that if you've got a sore shoulder. But at the same time, we've spoken. Also, that is a lot like Jack Crisp where he can actually score on that halfback role. So, yeah, certainly keep an eye on uh, Dan Houston. Massive
0: target after his buy. Massive.
1: Uh, Tom Powell uh, we already spoke enough about him he's down 22.4 points on his average over the last three so he is bleeding cash now really got to get rid of him Scott Pendlebury an interesting one Dossie he's been playing a little bit more up forward Roll change. hardly even attending center bounces change, at yeah. least he wasn't last week anyway he's down 15.5 points scored the 55 which mm. might even be a Career low for De Pendlebury, usually very good for 100. So, he's one to watch too if he picks up that forward status or if he gets extremely cheap, Dossie. I think he's about 550K, is he? Oh,
0: he's super No, he couldn't, he couldn't be that cheap. He wouldn't be that cheap, but Pendles, yeah. Like 630. The fact we'd be picking Maine over Pendles right now, that's probably saying something. <laughs>
1: Uh, speak for yourself, Doss. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Jack Zeeble. He's down 15 points on his average, and that obviously that's off the back of that uh, 170 a couple of weeks ago. I think he's still sort of getting it done um, if you did jump on him. So uh, even though he's, quotation marks, ice cold, uh, in the last couple of weeks, he's he's not actually been too bad. In fact, I think over the last three games, he has averaged, 95, so you take yep. that top six forward at the moment. Uh, next one off the rank, we've got Chad Warner. Spoke about him. He's down 13.3 points. What's your
0: final verdict on the hold or fold for Chad Warner?
1: Uh, it depends on your team structure. It really does because right he can be your last rookie on field going into your buys. No dramas. He's good for a 60 to a 70. Yeah. At the same time, he is a rookie. You gotta look at him as a rookie. If you can move him into a value option, I know that Ridley's. You know, a short stone's throw away from his price, so um, that's just something you've got to weigh up. I, I really couldn't answer that. To and be he's honest. lost
0: his last two weeks' time on ground. It's I do like looking at my time on ground. Two weeks, last two weeks' time on ground, sixty nine percent, seventy two percent, and before that, the previous three weeks were all above eighty percent. So yep, he's so- he's basically been above eighty percent for every single game this season, apart from round five where he attended. Round five and round one, it was seventy six and seventy five. Right. And then the last two weeks, 69, 72. So, they're his two lowest time on grounds for the season, Chad Warner. Who's played
1: the last two weeks that didn't play those first eight, eight weeks? Bum, isn't it? Robum, yep. yep. So, I would say that that's got a direct correlation there. No surprises. Uh, Rob down 12.8, already spoke about him. Personally, I'm a hold. We saw that he can average 108 across the season. Uh, even this season, we've seen a little bit of ceiling. He's still an all right footballer, surely. I mean, right now he's just priced so low below what he's ever done as a footballer, as a fantasy footballer. So I see all the upside. Uh, I know I spoke about Zach Williams the same the other week. Dossie, he yeah. dished up a ninety-nine. So these players can swing, it's just and when such they do swing, hold. you're the only one owning them, and you're the one making that cash and, and getting the points on the board. So for Riley O'Brien, I'm a hold, but it sounds like you might be
0: a be a fold. I just feel bad for owners with him, and I think I recommended him to a few of my mates as well, and they've let me know about it. Uh, look at his scores. like They're just dank. They, they even brought in Phil Thorpe to help out. Well, they, they they increased his role to help with the ruck minutes. They're saying he ne- he might need a rest. Nick's literally said he might need a rest at some point in the season. I don't want a piece of that. I, I wouldn't blame you for jumping off. I mean, the fact he's just cheap as chips now, though, you've lost all your value off him, 580K. Like if you can hold him, 80. Wow. If you can hold him, he's got Richmond, Collingwood, Saints. Like there's maybe two nice matchups there. It sucks uh, for coaches too because he was value at 680k a few weeks ago when yeah. Flynn was. Well, that's uh, when I admitted. recommended so him. Yeah, I, a couple of mates like yeah, and uh, definitely let me know about it. So
1: from that, I mean, I guess we can probably say Nank. Uh, or Hickey was the right option to go down to there. Otherwise, it was just to go up and set and forget. So, uh, yeah, moving on, Orazio Fantasia, we spoke about him. He's down 12.7 points. He's an obvious fold. And just to round it out, Christian Petrarca Mm. is actually down 11.5 points based on his seasonal average. So, right now, he's priced 760K with the break-even of 130. Obviously, he can hit that. But you might be seeing a slightly discounted Christian Petrarca going into the second half of the year after the buys obviously has that round 14 buy. So, keep an eye
0: on that one too. Now, we're going to move on here to the price is right. And these are players, Louis, that looking like those players of interest that are underpriced or, you know, the, the price is right, Louis, to jump on now. Uh, I-, I might take us through the first one. We have mentioned his name a few times on this show already. Lockie Hunter um, had the wing roll early, and I actually took down the wing attendances for this one. Did my famous wing attendance stat? Uh, just check them out. He was smashing wing attendances in this game. Uh, had a stack in the first half. He almost had all of them in the first half. Strangely, though, I think when Trelaw was injured, maybe not so strangely, when Trelaw is injured, they moved there. They shuffled the decks a bit as Bevo loves to do. And Hunter sort of became more of that high half forward again and then moving into the inside mid. So he actually had his first centre-bounce attendances for season 2021. So that's also positive. He had some of his best scores in the third third quarter, I think was his most score that he had for the, the game. Hunter's just a target for me. He's looking great. Um, he looked awesome playing on the wing. He looked really good playing with that bit of midfield time too. Hunter's a great target for me this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, most coaches would assume, obviously, with Trelaw going down, Bailey Smith probably goes into the guts. He yes. certainly did on the weekend
0: with the 19 CBA. He has been for the last month Yeah, uh, since Dunkley went down. That's been going up and that's up and up. That's come good, and hasn't it? And now going down six to eight. Man, that's that's massive for So, you've got to
1: think Hunter's the obvious replacement to come into that role. You might see a Lipinski um, play mm-hmm. inside, but I think Hunter's still he, – he's got minutes to be had on that wing and – I'm actually quite surprised we haven't seen the scoring probably of what we expect from Lockie Hunter in the past, but at 632k, uh, time is right. Uh, right now, it's fantastic. I mean, you look at his scoring. Round one went 115. Uh, lowest score was 64 versus North Melbourne, which is probably a little bit of an outlier, you would say. And uh, coming off a 102 last week. So, he, he's 87.3 last three average. He's actually averaging 85 points. So, this idea that, yeah. oh, no, he might not be a top six forward. Well, he's had a pretty poor season, and he's knocking on the door right now. So I think that's a great option, and and the ceiling that we've seen from Lockie Hunter in the past is huge. So jump
0: on. On the other end of that scale, Bailey Smith is he also an option for you? He's only 586k. He's got the 86 season average, but um, what do you think on Bailey Smith? Going to get those those centre bounces now? Purely, surely he's going to be in there predominantly as an inside midfielder. For me, it's it's tough because you have so many mouths to feed in Western Bulldogs. His ceiling's probably not as huge as, as you'd want for someone you're bringing in, but at 586K, could it be worth the risk?
1: Yeah, definitely. In fact, I'm really bullish on Bailey yeah. Smith and probably would be uh, more bullish on him than Hunter had he had forward status still. Unfortunately, yeah. doesn't have that anymore. And when I when I punt on these guys... I like to have that off chance that they can actually be a keeper Mm -hmm. for the end of the year. So, with Lockie Hunter, I'm I'm confident he'll be a top six forward. But let's use Zach Bailey, who I punted on a few weeks ago. Obviously, very cheap. I don't think he's going to be a top six forward. But there's a chance, isn't there? There's a chance he can be top ten or thereabouts. Uh, Unfortunately, mate, I saw Zach Bailey's role on the weekend. I know it sounds silly, but- what I'm trying to say is when you, if, if you're trading there, in a was, guy who's going to average 90 in the midfield, like Bailey Smith, maybe yeah. he averages 100. Even if he yeah. averages 100, he's still 30 blokes off the best. Mm. So, that's what I'm trying to say where you want to get someone who's at least ballpark there for the rest of the year. That's yeah. That's. what. That's, I hope that makes sense. And
0: no, I want to say like you, when you chose Zach Bailey- the the off chance that he was a top 10 forward, I think was definitely there. I was, what I'm saying is I think the role that he played on the weekend, which was predominantly forward, he kicked four snags, I think playing that forward role. I think now you're probably looking a bit more, less likely because he was getting the center bounces when you chose him for that role. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, well. yeah. So I wasn't, di- I was just having a dig at how we've, we've had a few back and forth on Zach Bailey off, off the show. So yeah, he's
1: my man, Zach Bailey <laughs> Uh moving on Nick Newman, uh, He's at about 550K, I think, still uh, had that inflated break even. Coming off the back of an 85 um, in the first game he played for the season uh, a couple of rounds ago, he came a 90 versus Hawthorne. I don't mind it. It's probably uh, it's probably a little bit risky, but he is taking the kick-ins, isn't he, Doss?
0: Yeah. He, well, he got the most last week. We'll have to see the data from this week. That comes out on Tuesday, I think. But, um, yeah, Nick Newman taking kick-ins, that's that's pretty big. So, still just not that sexy pick given the amount of backline talent they've got. The, as soon as uh, Zach Williams played more as a backman and they they sort of looked to get him involved back there, you've got Doherty, you've got now Newman, you've got Zach Williams, Saad, Weedering back there as well. It just seems too stacked for me for, for big high-possession games apart from the guy that's already established in Doherty back there me but I, i'm not going to touch newman personally but i don't mind it the value's there uh next uh we'll power through some of these i reckon dossie we've got brandon parfit
1: who uh, he's an interesting one uh obviously does have that midfield usage when he is in the cat side often he's not though because he does a little soft tissue or something like that I don't mind him as an option. He's priced really cheaply at 566K, averaging the 82 over the last three. But uh, like Dossie said, it's certainly a punt. Uh, Jordan Ridley, we've spoken enough about him. Uh, He's obviously someone who can be a top six uh, defender. Patrick Cripps, I know you're keen on Doss. We know what Uh, we can get from Patrick Cripps in the past. Uh, he certainly can average ninety five plus, and his price well below that. But I would just be extremely cautious because obviously he is still the tag target. Walsh might be getting close, but um, but also just with his contested footy, he doesn't really lend himself to scoring those massive fantasy scores that maybe we saw a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, Crips, Crips to me is a tough one, and and I think Carlton have been a little bit unlucky with the way they've been uh, scoring this year. Do we do we see if Carlton improve as a team? He that's where he'll start doing well. Correct? Yep. Is that so? Are we do you feel like that is going to happen, and can we see that from Crips? We'd have to check out his schedule. I think, but 107 back to back tons. Yeah, he's tempting at 6.22, K.
1: Yeah, at his price, he's, he is tempting. But look, Carlton haven't gotten better in 20 years, so I wouldn't be holding my breath on that one. Uh, Zach Williams, <laughs> uh, he got the 99 on the weekend. I've uh, been told pe- telling people to hold him. Uh, we saw a little bit of reward for that on the weekend. Uh, returned to that sort of halfback role, Dossie, uh, and looked good. Uh, look like the old sort of Zach Williams, not a massive ceiling game. It's just a purely,
0: but- purely a confidence shift. Uh, they needed, they needed to get some confidence behind him, and um, yeah, they've they've just shuffled the decks a little bit there as well. I think Setterfield maybe spent some more time on the inside, which is fine because he did awesome there at the end of last. Season. Yeah, he did. He so was on the radar to actually
1: start in fantasy set field. So, so. so, he's
0: a watch now because he's cheap as chips too. But I think just the whole system of Carlton, they're figuring out what their best lineup is with a few of the new pieces. I think they probably should have figured it out a little bit earlier. But yeah, Williams is definitely looking like an option. You've, you've flagged him all season. Are you as keen now given... At the moment, anyway, I think he will move in the midfield at some point. At the moment, as a half-backman, though, are you keen on him?
1: Oh, yeah. I-, I have been keen on Zach Williams every single week, even when he has been poor, because I've just been watching that price plummet. But in my eyes, I'm just seeing that upside increase. So, look, I'm going to die on this hill, Doss. I'm extremely stubborn coach. I love Zach Williams. And at 520K, uh, you can get probably a Jacob Kaczynski up to him off the bench, uh, by downgrading Finlay McRae a red dot, you know it's it's not a massive jump. So I like Zach Williams there. Uh, Dusty obviously is on the list too. Uh, I think we've
0: spoken enough about Dusty. Are you still are you still keen? I mean, if you, if coaches didn't jump last so, week, he's yeah, got two great matchups coming up.
1: I didn't watch the Richmond game, but um, on Twitter, uh, obviously he scored the sixty six, and on Twitter, people were just. They were pretty flat with the 66 on debut. Um, what I will say about that is that when we spoke about it last week, Dos, when you traded in Dustin Martin, were you expecting a 90 average?
0: Yes. Thereabouts. And, and you traded him in for the average. That Maybe just last week was a tough week to trade him in with the Brisbane matchup. Yeah, of
1: course it? it was. So he went, let's say you traded him in last week, you expected a 90 average. He went 66 and now he's got what? 11, 12, 13 games to go. So, uh, you look at it this way, he's actually going to go 92 from now on each game. So mm. if you think he can average 90, yes, he dropped a stinker, but then what comes next? You know, a 60 and a 140 is still a 100 average. That's all I'm saying. I, I think it's a, it's a really good trade in. What we've seen from Dusty is that he's always knocking on the door of being a top six forward and you're picking him up at 580k, which is Priced probably 10 points less than his poorest season
0: in the last sort of eight years. I think it's a no-brainer pick. It was a gross game from a fantasy perspective. Only two tonnes from either side on the game, no tonnes from Richmond as well. So it wasn't a high-scoring game in general. Uh, I was watching that pretty closely. He was getting a lot of attention from actually one of our uh, cash cows in Dev Rob as well as uh, they had Reese Matheson sort of around stoppages. I think Reese was – there was a couple of them looking at Baker too. They were just playing a very defensive-branded game. So, yeah – Hold strong with Dusty. Yeah, that's not one to worry about, of course. Uh Caleb Daniel and Isaac Heaney, our last two guys on the is right?
1: Yep. So, Caleb Daniel, his price has been right for a few weeks now. We've spoken about him a couple of times. I like him, um, although I'm not as bullish on him being a top six defender as, was, as what I was at the start of the year. And Heaney, at his price, I think is an absolute smash play. 480 k I'm relatively confident he can average 80, which is about 15 points more than what he's priced at currently. So, I don't mind taking the punt there. Uh, you just got to back in his body because I'm backing in his scoring every day of the week.
0: All right, Louis. We're, we've got a lot to still get through. So, we might just really... I need a one-word answer on these guys. We're just talking Uber premiums. Literally one word that you've got to describe these yep. guys at. They're the most, some of the most expensive players in the game that we've got. And these are the guys averaging the most in their last three. Darcy Parrish, 130 in his last three. No. Jared Lyons, 832K, last three of 126. No. Marcus Spontempelli, 796K, 124 in his last three. Yes. Clayton Oliver, 821K, and in his last three, he's averaging 122. Yes. Jack McRae, 861k, 119 in his last three. Yep. Aaron Hall, 712k. That's quite a bit cheaper than the guys above here. Uh, 119 in his last three. Absolutely. Looks a gun. Callum Mills, 798k in his last three is going 118.
1: Oh, he's right on the knife's edge of his price point now. Uh, I'm going to say no if you don't already have him because the coaches that do are ranked above you.
0: Took Miller eight forty two k one sixteen in his last three. No, Tim Toronto eight eighteen k and one hundred and fifteen in his last three. Uh,
1: probably the same reason as Mills. I'm not sure on the ownership, but I think
0: he was. He'd highly. It he was quite common to start Toronto. So now nah, I'd probably look elsewhere there. And Maxi Gorn at seven ninety k one hundred and fourteen in his last three. Only two ruckman to choose from. Absolutely. All right, show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money, Louis. Smash through these rookies. These are your top 10 based on job security and break even. You've got a lot this week, but again, we'll be powering through these and just get through the rookies that we're looking at.
1: That's it, Dossie. And another week, another week of me not actually putting them in my top 10 based on job security, (laughs) Dossie. So, sorry about that, mate. But uh, we'll talk about Caleb Poulter first. I reckon he's on everyone's lips, Dropped the 108, which nobody saw coming. And for no. that, he's gone up 61K, 349K now in the minus 10 break even.
0: He's a mid-forward. What do you think there, Doss? Yeah, he's been showing some great signs, hasn't he? But 349K, it's so hard to go at him now. And um, just just for a little thing, you've got Ryan Burns next, 337K. Just, just thought to me before with the whole DPP discussion, he'll get forward status, surely, Ryan Burns. Would you still? I'd still go Ryan Burns over Poulter because he'll get that forward status. And Burns, I feel, just feel like he's, he's got that thirst. They've got a nice schedule the next three. We don't know with Buck's job security what's going to happen at Collingwood. What do you think on the Poulter versus Burns? But I do like Poulter. I, I don't know, 349K. I can't think I can go there now.
1: Uh, flip a coin, just because they're rookies. No idea what's going to happen next. But uh, something I want to clear up is I-, I never put rookies on here priced over three hundred k. But the first two that I've done are Caleb Poulter and yeah. Ryan Burns. Mm. The reason I've done this and what we've been speaking about this last couple of weeks is there's no rookies to go down to. So, yeah. these guys with the minus 10 break even, the minus 8 break even- that might be your only avenue to making some decent coin in the next couple of weeks. So just keep an eye on that one, I think. Um, Cody Waitman is my third one. He's got the minus three break even. I know, Doss, you think he looks really, really good. Uh, so do I, obviously. I'm just a little bit worried with, um, with Bebo and his rookies. We've seen, a lot of dogs rookies come in and out and including Cody Waitman
0: last year uh, but G looks good it's just tough to pay 295k for yeah. a small forward well the one thing that i would say is when i was looking at the wing attendances and center bounces you often just you look at the um, the goals like the you see the passage of play for the goals skip a little bit forward and then there's your center bounce it seemed like every goal they scored, Waitman was involved this week, whether it was scoring the goal himself or, or handing it off inside 50. I just think he was very involved, and I think his job security is actually really immense at the moment. So just being below 300K, as is your rule, and a negative break even, I think he's still a great target this week. Been really high mark numbers in the VFL, and he's translated that to the AFL. Also can lay a tackle, get on the scoreboard. I think he does a bit of everything.
1: Uh, next up, we got James Madden, 197k for break even, uh, playing his second game
0: for the year. You're a fan of him?
1: Yeah, I was a big fan, and I was I was convinced not to bring him in. Unfortunately, it was probably uh, okay advice. I'm not sure what his job security is going forward, but but he looked really good. Uh, I don't mind jumping on him. Got With name that dropped post game by Fagan, too. oh did he? That's yeah, yeah, him, always a good him sign. He
0: Dev Rob, a couple of our rookies. Him Dev Rob. Got name dropped as well as uh, I think Reese Matheson was in there as well. But
1: Great. Yeah. So, should have maybe two weeks, two to three weeks there. Uh, I like him just because he's got mid-defensive status. So, that really helped me last week. Uh, Jordan Sweet, not sure what his job security is going to be like. Not sure how far off Stefan Martin is, but um, he's certainly one. Uh, if Martin is a couple of weeks away... I think you could punt on him because he's getting a bit out of the price range not now 332 now. k uh, RCD 337 k so he's actually cheaper than those first two I mentioned yeah now. but uh, 7 break even the big but on this one yeah
0: look, Cotchen pressed the, you back this exactly.
1: week exactly so now we're going to see the bump in CBAs and you just can't pay uh, it's 337 k for that Tom Wilson debuted for the pies a couple of weeks ago he's 193 k 8 break even not sure what his job security is like but did have the 17 disposals so was able to find a bit of it matt always 292k 11 break even uh same thoughts as last week small forward uh pulse on the bench but too much to pay now Uh, alec waterman 280k 21 break even I think his job security is going to be all right. I think his scoring is going to be all right. He played it's well. It's just his by the price way. is a little bit. Awkward. I
0: mentioned he didn't get that the exact like all pure midfield role that I was kind of thinking. Oh wow, he's going to get because Stringer, as as the Rutten mentioned, oh he can play sort of the Stringer role. I guess I think that's what he mentioned, um, or it was flagged that he'll put in those center bounces. And Stringer can sometimes really play yeah, yeah, yeah it, a it lot turns up. so that's why I was kind of thinking he'll get a lot of center bounces I don't think he got a stack I will have to double check that because I wasn't sort of keeping my eye heaps on the center bounces here just he did play well though is what I want to say he, he I think he banged a goal from 55 really penetrating as well which kick, is uh, always what we on the want ground. so yeah he actually played pretty well
1: uh, next up, Josh Tracy, 215k, 22 break even. Uh, he was the other one that I was also convinced not to go by the Stato. Uh quite <laughs> liked him. Uh, just got the 46, but one of those games where he just looked a lot better than what he scored. So uh, I- I'd be relatively confident in his job security moving forward. I, I don't mind him as an option. And uh, then Trent Bianco, uh, when name, if he's named, then I-, I don't mind going early on 170k there really, to be
0: honest, if that's what it takes. So yeah, those are my uh, ten. A couple of guys from the Resys, and just looking at um, Sam Hayes. Still, do you think he'll get a game, Louis? We've seen Peter Laddams just pretty much hold up fine as the pure ruck. Probably not going to get a look in now. Do you think?
1: Yeah, it's getting close to that buy round for Port now, yeah. and and I don't know what's the point of playing him off the off the round thirteen buy with Lysette just to return. We might not see Hayes, which surprises me, because I know uh, Port have been really keen to get games into him.
0: I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe they just do. Maybe they just sneak him in there. Who knows? Uh, the other one is Tristan Cherry. Which, um, if anyone saw the game, it looked like Goldstein's career had finished at one point in the North Melbourne Essendon game. I don't know who was watching that with me, but Goldie went down. looked like it was uh, looked like he was never going to return. Um, he went down holding the ankle limped off with two trainers in either arm and uh, it was looking like really troubling times for North in the in the ruck department all of a sudden he was back within 5 minutes i reckon back strapped up back out there but um Tristan Cherry who would be probably the obvious replacement to help Tom Campbell in the ruck 223k forward he scored 168 in the VFL on the weekend on the back of 36 disposals and 27 hitouts that's ludicrous numbers. It so, massive. It's um, bizarre that the hitouts don't outnumber the disposals. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a pretty immense game from Cherry. In that, uh, like, hey, what's with uh, Taylor Garner? He's uh, put together a couple. Yeah, of nice he was games. actually on my radar the other week. Uh, I think he's. He looked good. Yeah, and he's-, he's actually been a fantasy player when he's got nice roles in the past. Is yeah, that- he
1: has been. Unfortunately, he was probably priced out of it. After his first game, basically. Yeah. So, 340k you paid uh, in round nine and he's up to 366. He's got the break even at 15. Could it, 415k. I mean, on- just,
0: how much is he? 415k.
1: 407. Okay. Well, he's 50k more than Poulter.
0: Yeah, it's a bit much, isn't it?
1: It's tricky to pay that for a player who's not even- well, is he returning from injury? Just the tip of the cap as the keeper league, uh, keeper yeah, league tip guys, of the like cap. But it's, it's always hard to pay up for those guys uh, in poor sides, so.
0: But no, I like those uh, those other suggestions, Dossie. Speaking of uh, Keeper League, if you do want all the Sample, VFL and Waffle numbers every week, you can support our sponsors at au. So, after you've got your Pod Pod Plus membership, you can go the extra mile, uh, get a breakout tracker. In If you sign up there, you get uh, advanced centre bounce attendance numbers, weekly projections, which I know Hef's been tweaking with his projections now, trying to get as accurate as possible. I think he-
1: has got too much time on I his sh- hands. Showed that, he Hef.
0: showed us he got within one uh, one point of a couple of projections this week. He was very happy with himself. Um, so you can get all those numbers at keepleaguepod.com.au if you sign up to be a member. Uh, also, uh, keep getting in those iTunes ratings and reviews. We're at the end of May. I don't think we're going to get to our target of 220 ratings to to give away those boots, but I might, I might give the competition... A little bit more time, Louie, because I'm, I'm not ready to put them up on the uh, up on the eBay just yet. I, I do want to give them away. So if we get 220 ratings by, oh, we'll give it another we'll give it another month at least. Lou dog, uh, we'll be giving away those boots. Uh, do you want to read out one of the reviews here, Louis? Just the top one there, mate
1: uh yeah no worries Doss. i'll just put my glasses on for this because you've you've stitched me up with how small this text is uh my, uh my pod pod uh awesome podcast full of fantasy relevant advice and unique segments personal fave of mine that is my go-to each week these guys deliver in more ways than one and always answer my questions glad this pod pod started up it's a ripper get on board hashtag thirsty
0: thank you very much daniel's son that's quite kind of you beautiful and yeah we very much appreciate all the ratings and reviews we have been getting so keep getting them in now louie we're going to power through absolutely power through a bunch of we've spoken too much haven't we've we had a huge huge episode here apologies to bashing everyone's ears off for a bit too long tonight but we'll be getting into the listener questions now and you can follow us at pod pod on twitter and we're also on facebook and instagram here's the questions (laughs) Going to smash through a bunch of questions here, Louis. First, from the Facebook page from Stuart, how viable is double downgrade to Burns and Poulter this week? So, a couple of guys. In the
1: uh, yeah, I was thinking about this today uh, when I was driving home. Uh, I, th- I think it's really viable just because of what I stated earlier on in the podcast that I'm not sure where the next cash-generating rookies actually come from. Uh, they got quite large negative break even so double downgrading to those guys this week especially with the round
0: 14 buy uh, could actually be a really shrewd move also should we be looking to bring in forward primo like fife darcy heaney or move on a Markov coming to someone like a mills mm. so, so looking at value of a five darcy versus um a fife darcy and heaney versus getting someone like a mills who's that Keeper.
1: Yeah, I, I still like to chase value this early on in the season, so that that's where I sit, but
0: um, might be different with from, that team. From Brad, uh, Jath and Powell to Newman and Laddams, or Powell and a bench rookie to Zorko, Fife, or Hind? Uh, second one, quite comfortably for me. All right, Rowan Potter, can we trust Tom Green to produce throughout the buys and beyond? So he was one of the players that was producing out of his skin in the last three games, being one of the best performers performance in his last three, running hot as we said. Can you trust him though throughout the buys? Uh, uh,
1: do you know what? I, I, was it Rowan? Yeah, I, I can't tell you Rowan just because I haven't watched enough Giants games. I haven't watched Tom Green closely enough.
0: But oh, I have. I- you have? Yeah. What do you think? I think I think he's re- I think he's ready to break out. Ready? This is the second year he's getting the time on ground that he needs to. He actually has forward craft. He's marking inside fifty and getting some shots on goal. It uh, looks like an, a genuine gun. I mean. Depends what you're wanting to produce there, Rowan, though. It's going to be tough to produce what he's been doing the last three, which is fantastic. It's an um, awkward price now. He's he's
1: up 100K on his starting price now, which was 440K. So, yeah, yeah. he's someone you've got to make the call on. I if, think I, I think, think you've got to um, watch the game and just yeah. decide whether or not you like him because there, there's enough there to pick him. It's just up to you.
0: I'd personally- Back you gut. Yeah, back your gut there. I think if you if you've got an extra bit of cash for Bailey Smith, for instance, third year, are uh, going to get that bump. Well, centre bounces. it's look, quite a bit of extra cash at that so. price. I'd go down to Heaney. Okay, well, there you have yeah, it. Ba- now, bank seventy k. Uh, this one's from Matt Trelaw out six to eight weeks, as we know now. Uh, Powell to Poulter or uh, sorry, power to Poulter and Trelaw to Oliver. Is definitely appealing to him, but Poulter is a rook and need to get rookies off the ground. So, what do you think there? So he's going Trelaw and Powell out for Bailey Smith and Hunter is his actual trade that he settled on here. by looks.
1: So what's the what's the question, Dossie? Well, that's
0: the question I'm trying to figure out
1: here. <laughs> uh, look, um, um, look I, I guess I'll just say uh, if you're an Adam Trelaw owner, and obviously the. Um, The MO is still to get rookies off the field. A little bit like what we said with Brandon Ellis earlier on in the podcast. I'd look to get creative. Can I trade Adam Trelaw down to Lockie Hunter, create that 70K? Can I then get up on the end of Warner and get up to Ridley? You know, these are the sorts of moves where you can get that extra
0: rookie off your field while not actually, while improving your side. So, I think the question here is Trelaw and Powell to Bailey Smith and Hunter or Powell- and Trelaw to Poulter and Oliver.
1: That, uh, that, I'll probably go the first one. I the think Smith and I'm Hunter, field. the
0: two value options. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ninja Spoon, Trelaw to McCray or Oliver.
1: Uh I don't mind Oliver just because there's a lot of coaches with Jackson McCrae, uh, captain him each week, which okay, maybe that's why you want him, so you can nullify that. But at the same time, Why not pun on Oliver, who's probably owned by less than 10% of
0: top 100 coaches? And see if you can make up some ground there because, Chi looked good on the weekend. Absolute gun. And uh, it looks like his current trade is to Oliver and then grab McRae after his buy. So, there you go. Perfect. We're on the same page there, Ninja. Uh, Anthony, Alal, thoughts on Nick Newman and Josh Dacos. Is it better to trade Cozzy to Madden and go Farah to one of Newman and Dacos or Flynn to Reeves and then Farah to Sidey and Hunter? We didn't mention Reeves, I don't think. In the yeah,
1: I, I didn't actually put him on the list uh, just because- you know, Ruckman coming in for his first game. Got John Segler and Ben McAvoy, uh, big boy McAvoy, sitting They're coming, sitting They're there. coming so, last, mate.
0: They're down the bottom of the table, look, though. Maybe. I'm not,
1: this might be another moment where I have to put my hand up next week and say I was wrong. But, uh, look, I'd be fairly confident that we won't see Ned Reeves play three games. Okay. And the problem with that is that he's actually got around 12-by. So, you're going <laughs> to see him play one game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you're going to go Cozzy to Madden. Uh, Farrah to one of Newman, Dacos. Which one do you like out of Newman or Dacos? Uh, I would probably lean towards punting on Newman. All right, Sam Langley. Love the pod pod, lads. Thank you, Sam. Uh, question is, Bailey Dale worth a shot and thoughts on Newman and Doc scoring? So, we've we've had a mention. We've talked about Newman a bit, I think. Um, but what about Doc and Bailey Dale?
1: Yeah, so Bailey Dale was in my original list actually. I just I'd flicked him out because he's he's not highly owned uh despite this being the pod pod. Uh no, I really like Bailey Dale this season. Uh, his lowest two scores pretty much came the first two rounds of the season with a 55 and a 65. Since then he hasn't ducked below 77. Probably doesn't have that high high ceiling that we really like and probably what I'd like to see now that I'm paying 603k for him, but as an option, as a forward defender option, I think he's someone that you can really consider.
0: Uh, Lockie Mauks, Ben Keys, zero coaches in the top fifty own him. Um, he has Richmond, Collingwood, St Kilda before his buy, and a season low score of ninety one. Uh, Lockie's ranked thirteen thirty nine overall, and looking to bring him in as a pod. Can you talk him out of it? Um, oh, there's a, I can talk
1: you out of it for sure. I can't stand <laughs> Ben Keys. Uh, <laughs> Great bloke, I just don't rate him much as a footballer But uh, often we see that these types uh, can still score in fantasy Ben Keyes is one of them um, Really sucking the energy out of me with this with this question well, <laughs> Let let, uh, let Keys
0: know from- might,
1: might have to just do the old stator response and say next question No, look, let's get serious He's an option, uh, he's 766k So he is underpriced based on what he's done He's showed a ceiling, we know he's got a ceiling uh, I think that you can pick worse options as a point of difference in your team. So, I'll, I'll tick off Ben Keys if you're bullish
0: on him. Oscar, Ridley or Hunter, who do you think will score more total points and who will be closest to top six? I'm going Hunter. You? Yeah, I'm, I'm Hunter comfortably, actually, over Ridley. All right. And that's just purely... Roll is looking juicy. Ridley just not quite Ridley, up to that ceiling.
1: Ridley was scoring at his best when he had that mortgage that we say on the kick-ins. Obviously, doesn't have that now. That might return, but um, that was that was making up a significant amount of his scoring. We saw with Mason Redmond, mm. he's up eighteen points based mostly on just having an extra few kick-ins. Yeah. So you know, you take that off of Ridley. And they're not they're not hundred average them. is more like a you know an eighty-two. So yeah. Uh, I think he's a 90 guy, but I think Hunter can be- I still
0: think Hunter can be a 100 guy from here. Me too. Me too. So, that's where we're sitting. Uh, And with Redman, they're not going to take those kick-ins back off him now. He's doing a good job at it. Playing with confidence. That's it. it. Yeah. And it looks like they're just going to say, okay, whoever out of you, Heppel or Redman is there, Ridley Heppel or Redman's closest, just go for it. And, you know, Ridley's not going to get every single one. Uh, Nick- asks what are your three round 12 trade plans given that all players traded in that week are yet to have their buy it's a good question probably one we thought we wouldn't get till uh, maybe next week. but
1: Yeah, uh, so what the what am I going to do with my three trades going into the round 12 Yeah, buy? I
0: guess even thinking just about what sort of players you're looking at getting, given that everyone hasn't had their buy yet.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really awkward, um, well, it's the most awkward round of the buy rounds, obviously. I like to use it as a little bit of a, we say this all the time, sound like a broken record, but I like to use it as fix-up time got the three trades, so I can still fix those red dots. The benefit of doing it going into the round 12 buy is that fixing two red dots and and getting up on the end of another one, you're actually generating more cash than what you would in a normal trade week. So, um, yeah, look, my plans are generally revolved around just creating a little bit of cash, freeing up a little bit of structure
0: and just helping me really attack those buyers. Uh, crafty McBeard face, not sure he trusts Heaney or Dusty as a keeper to the end, so he's looking to avoid him, but he's interested in our thoughts on either Ridley or Hunter as his trade in target, so we're both on the Hunter. Yeah, I- I'm on Hunter, but oh, you can't go wrong with either. Both, I think, will be thereabouts, top six. And Heaney or Dusty, are you on the same train as him as uh, looking to avoid? You're not. You like no, Dusty. I- I've got Heaney and Dusty, you like so. Like both? Yep. Alright, subdub. Do I trade Powell to Newman, which leaves him with three rookies on the ground? But limits trades, uh, limits my trade out of Trelaw to players under six hundred and thirty K like Cripps and Hunter. Um, if he trades Powell to a rookie like Poulter, it lifts his budget to spend over eight hundred K. Okay.
1: Um so he can go anyone as long as they're up to 630k off. Trawl. can go
0: basically Powell and Trelaw to Newman and Cripps or Powell and Poulter to sort of like the question we had earlier on at the start. And you still prefer. Yeah,
1: I, I still prefer getting those
0: keepers on the field. Um, Look, so, probably Newman and Hunter.
1: Then. Yeah, I think so. It's really tricky. Uh, it's all, it's always based on what your team looks like. And it's, it's quite hard to stand here and say, do this, do that. But, but for me, uh, I just go back to my rule one, uh, not rule fucking one, but rule one. <laughs> and, uh, that's
0: just keep getting those rookies off the field. This is a draft question by a look from Nick, but uh, do you want to... <laughs> oh, I currently have Rao, Dunkley, Matt Crouch and Bose on my bench in draft with Duncan being out for concussion protocols. Who do I drop to avoid a zero or should I just cop the donut? Oh, it's, what, it's around
1: round 11. I just cop the donut in draft. Oh, you're more of a draft man than me, Doss, but um, I don't know. I always out found in draft Rau, the, the first probably. 15 rounds... Uh, but dun- We
0: definitely don't drop Duncan out of those guys. Bose is going to come back soon. Matt Crouch is maybe the one well, that's- Yeah, out?
1: Um, I think Matt Crouch maybe is going in for surgery. So maybe that's the one that you can do. Maybe just Matt Crouch, I think.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, Luke Cavan, Cripps and Wits. Can, uh, should we wait on Wits till his buy? I think he's talking about Whitfield here. So Crips oh, and I was Whitfield. Say. Um, should we wait on Whitfield till his buy? And should we be looking at Crips? Is he back? Did anyone watch the game?
1: Uh, so yes, you should be looking at Whitfield after the buys. Uh, there's no point jumping on him now for one week because I think he's still got a slightly inflated break-even. So he, he's only going to be cheaper in round 13 when you can pick him up again. So. Uh, no nah, for him I would wait and then what was the second half of that question Dossie uh,
0: what about Cripps do you like Cripps, the look of him did you see uh, the game
1: I, I don't like Cripps as a fantasy option no but at his price he's someone that you can pick and and expect
0: little downside Tom DT where to go from trelaw up to Oliver uh, you either go up or you get creative like I said alright uh, do you want to smash through the rest of these or we'll go through a few more here Lou Dog? Tom, thoughts on Bailey Smith had increased CBAs once Trelaw was injured. Yes, uh, Lippers, could you switch a non-playing rookie for a cheaper non-playing rookie just to generate some cash to get a playing rookie off your field? Yes, if I understand that correctly, going to a red dot basically, isn't it cheaper non-playing rookie? So you are going. Oh, for
1: a- okay, so red dot to red dot.
0: Yeah, no. Bang Binno, uh, boys, which rookies can we trust over the buy rounds that are under 300K so we can still do the old downgrade upgrade? I think we've covered most of the players there in, in Louis's, uh rookie segment. The best answer you'll get to that question is next week because the buy
1: rounds are starting. You're going to get a rough idea of which players are going to have some relative job security. Trent Bianco gets named next week. You'd expect him to play throughout the buy, so that might be a nice
0: one. Keeper League Kays, what does DOS rate his forward line out of ten? Who's your forward line? Oh, you don't want to know. I'd probably give it a one point five there, Kays, I reckon. He's probably come up against me and had a look at it. No,
1: come on. What what's your forward line, Doss? I'll
0: have to get it up. I'll ask you another question while I get it up. Thoughts on Crips again. Everyone's got Crips on their mind. You don't like him. That's from Travis. Uh Joe Blog, Lockie Hunter, change of role. Yes. Uh check out my tweet, HK DOS there. I, I tweeted out the um the wing attendances, he definitely increased his wing attendances though, um, on the weekend. And then he also had some midfield rotation. So, yes, we think he's got a good role change. Um, with Trelaw out, he might even get those centre bounces. was starting on the wing early. So, either way, I think you're, you're good to go there, Joe. My forward line is – oh, it's ugly. Dev Rob, Tom Phillips – I've already done a trade here, so I'll have to look at that. (laughs) Dev Rob, Tom Phillips. Oh, is it in price order here? Hang on. Tom Phillips, Chad Warner, Dev Rob, Harry Jones, Charlie Lazaro, and Alec Waterman. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. something's (laughs) Just for
1: comparison, I've got Hall, Hind, Phillips, Martin, Heaney, Degoe, Dev Rob, then Waterman right on that
0: note um, sorry dos yeah mate uh kyle nick newman or luke (laughs) ryan
1: (laughs) uh nick newman or luke ryan i would punt on what are they priced at i think they're about the same uh flip a coin you haven't seen much of either uh seen more historically from luke ryan maybe just i don't know nick newman
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's getting to that time of the pod I'm going to look Ryan, I think. Uh, T, boys, Heaney or Poulter plus 158K? Heaney or Poulter plus 158K. Uh, I'd, I'd bank Heaney, I think. Trade Hymore or Finn McCrae or Tom Phillips? I would trade
1: Finlay McCrae just because I think that the Saints are going to swing the axe this week.
0: That's from Joe. And from Brady Beer, thoughts on Brad Crouch or Lockie Hunter? So, Brad Crouch versus Lockie Hunter. Come on, Lockie. Uh, yeah, I'm status. going
1: Lockie first. I'm a little bit nervous with Saints uh, just because they're almost flat-track bullies at the moment. I'm not sure what to read into their form. And and what we saw was that Brad Crouch didn't play well when they got belted. So, uh, I'm a little bit concerned about that. But uh, he's at a nice price. I like Brad Crouch in the next
0: couple of weeks, probably post-buy. David Lind, is it too late to trade in a round 12 premium like Whitfield, even if it works for his structure? If it works for your structure, it's never too late. Perfect. Hey, Louis, that's all the questions. We've smashed a massive podcast on this one. Uh, it was huge. So, um, everyone, if you're still keen, if you want an extra Wednesday pod, remember to join Pod Pod Plus. And otherwise, uh, just good luck this week and enjoy your fantasy footy. Good luck with your trades. Uh, Louis, any final thoughts? What are the early trades, DOS? For me, I'm still tinkering, but Lockie Hunter's definitely looking like he's coming in yeah, for me. Yeah, same year. I think I'll bring in Lockie Hunter. It's probably the probably one of the more vanilla trades this week, but I've I've gone very non-vanilla in recent weeks and it's not yeah, paid off yet.
1: It's, it's, <laughs> it's time to zig, <laughs> Dossie, really instead chill. of zagging, mate.
0: <laughs> As you said, everyone's zigging. A few people are zagging and I'm what, zogging? You're something? zogging.
1: <laughs> You're just in the corner going, zook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to keep on zogging. I might zog again this week. All right, have fun in your fantasy footy good this week. Good luck this week, guys. See you next week.